Social justice warriors are doing a victory dance while simultaneously denying that they were able to recently cancel six of Dr. Seuss's books. One of these books, entitled And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, was canceled because it depicted a Chinese person doing controversial things, such as using chopsticks. That's right, everyone. One of these delightful books for children, which brought laughter and joy to untold numbers of children the world over, is being stripped off of the market because Dr. Seuss had the gall to accurately depict a Chinese man with the eating utensils that an actual Oriental person would use. And this and other delightful books from a kind, whimsical, and loving children's author are going to be lost because people who have declared themselves to be our moral betters said so. If our current culture cannot forgive the light-hearted works of Dr. Seuss, then truly America is not the home of the free anymore. I will be discussing all of this and more on today's program. Bringing the gospel message to the modern world. This is the Joyful Stoic Podcast. On today's podcast, I would like to continue our discussion on the topic of forgiveness and why this virtue must be practiced for us to have a free society. But before that, I want to set the stage for this discussion by demonstrating three things. One, the cancel culture exists. Two, Dr. Seuss's books were canceled. And three, the trivial has risen to the level of the criminal in our society. Before I do that, there have been some misunderstandings in regards to the controversy surrounding six of Dr. Seuss's books being canceled. There are many people out there in the mainstream media saying these books were not canceled and that, in fact, there is no such thing as the cancel culture. An example of this lies in an article entitled, It's Time to Cancel This Talk of Cancel Culture. Written on March 7th of this year by writer A.J. Willingham on CNN.com. In this article, he simply denies cancel culture exists at all. This attitude has become very popular on the left as they deny that Dr. Seuss's books were canceled. Well, let me show you that they were. This is a situation that is a little more nuanced, but is clearly an example of the cancel culture flexing its muscle. One of the pieces of information out there is that Dr. Seuss's family members decided to pull these books. This is completely untrue. In fact, Dr. Seuss's stepdaughter spoke to the New York Post and openly advocated for keeping all of his books in production. As far as I have been able to find, this is the only family member who has spoken openly to the media about this situation. These books were removed from the shelves by the Dr. Seuss Foundation, or Dr. Seuss Enterprises. 
A debate has arisen saying that these books were not canceled, but that instead the foundation simply removed them because they were not selling. Well, as Ben Shapiro would say, two things can be true at once. The foundation did recall these poorly performing books, and they did this due to a concerted effort to cancel Dr. Seuss's books for years now. This decision simply shows that the board of the Dr. Seuss Foundation is simply trying to appease the woke mob, and it is working for now. And I can prove all of this in a New York Times article entitled, Dr. Seuss Books Are Pulled and a Cancel Culture Controversy Erupts. The authors Alexandra Alter and Elizabeth A. Harris try to gaslight everyone into believing this was simply a business decision made by the Dr. Seuss Foundation. But what they end up doing is proving that the Foundation is trying to appease a mob that has been after it for years. I will be quoting from this article at length to prove this is an example of the cancel culture, and even the authors at the New York Times know it. They simply want to confuse the situation because the mainstream media doesn't want you to believe that the cancel culture really exists. So first off, Alter and Harris, the authors of this New York Times story, make clear the Foundation has decided to pull these books due to egregious racial and ethnic stereotypes in the works that are hurtful and wrong. They go on in the article to try to poo-poo the concerns about canceling these works. They write, quote, The estate's decision, which prompted breathless headlines on cable news and complaints about cancel culture from prominent conservatives, represents a dramatic step to update and curate Dr. Seuss's body of work, acknowledging and rejecting some of his views while seeking to protect his brand and appeal. End quote. So, according to these New York Times writers, the problem is not the Foundation's decision to pull these books or the motivation behind pulling them. The real problem is how conservatives are reacting to it. Again, everything here is fine, and any concerns you may have are just your overactive imagination at work. In fact, it's your breathless reactions to this story that are actually the problem. Sorry, let me get back to this New York Times story. Quote, It also raises questions about whether and how an author's works should be posthumously curated to reflect evolving social attitudes and what should be preserved as part of the cultural record. End quote. Well, I can answer one of these questions very easily. In regards to what should be preserved as a part of the cultural record, the answer is one word. Everything. Everything should be preserved. If we want to actually depict the historical record in a real and true way, then everything by every author, especially one as famous as Dr. Seuss, should be preserved. End of story. One of the works being pulled, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, was the first children's book released by Dr. Seuss once he had taken on that moniker, effectively helping to start his career in children's literature under that name. That is not insignificant, and it should be preserved, not censored.
This New York Times article has so many problems with it. Let, let me get back into it. The authors go on to quote from an expert in academia who seeks to justify this decision by the jo Dr. Seuss Foundation. They write, quote, It will cause people to reevaluate the legacy of Dr. Seuss, and I think that's a good thing, said Philip Nell, a children's literature scholar at Kansas State University and the author of Dr. Seuss, American Icon. There are parts of his legacy one should honor and parts of his legacy that one should not. They may be motivated by the fact that racism is bad for the brand, or they may be motivated by a deeper sense of racial justice. End quote. Now, you don't realize it, but the authors of this piece are trying to hoodwink everyone with this quote-unquote expert. They are originally quoting from this Kansas State professor about six paragraphs into this article, portraying him as an impartial expert who has written extensively about Dr. Seuss. It is not until about paragraph 19 or 20 in this article that they reveal who this guy really is. Paragraph 19 of the article states, quote, Scrutiny of his picture books has started to gain momentum more recently. In his 2017 book titled, Was the Cat in the Hat Black? The Hidden Racism of Children's Literature and the Need for Diverse Books, Mr. Nell, the Kansas State University professor, made the case that the beloved character had roots in blackface minstrelsy. In 2019, an academic journal dedicated to the study of diversity in children's literature published The Cat is Out of the Bag, Orientalism, Anti-Blackness, and White Supremacy in Dr. Seuss's Children's Books, a paper examining racism and bias in Dr. Seuss's books. End quote. Okay, so in this paragraph, they revealed the true identity of this Kansas State professor. Clearly, he is not the impartial expert that he was originally portrayed to be. When he was first introduced in this story, the only book by him that was mentioned was the one with the most anodyne title. They never bothered to bring up the fact that he has also written a whole book accusing Dr. Seuss of racism until much, much deeper into the article. Furthermore, his whole book proposes that the cat in the hat is evidence of structural racism. It is very rare that I see someone get two introductions in one article, but I believe there is a purpose for this. Research has shown that most people typically only read the headline in the first few paragraphs of an article. Armed with this knowledge, I am sure the authors of this article chose to hide all of the information of Professor Nell's true background, especially the pieces that did not fit their narrative, deep into the meat of this story, making it less likely that people will actually read it. This guy is nothing more than a social justice warrior who has had his sights set on the works of Dr. Seuss for years. In fact, he is quoted as the major impartial source by at least two other articles that I have looked into, and he is always speaking favorably of this move by the Dr. Seuss Foundation. So, Alter and Harris have gone to great lengths in this story to prove that there has not been any kind of social movement to cancel the works of Dr. Seuss. 
only to reveal that there has been one for years, and that the man portrayed as a benign and objective source is one of the academics seeking to cancel one of Dr. Seuss's most popular works. And other academics have had their sights set on these works too, which the authors freely admit in this article. Also contained in this story is the fact that the Dr. Seuss Foundation met with at least some of these academics. Quote, in a statement, Dr. Seuss Enterprises said it decided to discontinue those six titles last year. After consulting a panel of experts, including educators, to review its catalog. End quote. So here are the facts of this situation. The Dr. Seuss Foundation met, and I guarantee you, in today's political and racial climate, this panel of experts and educators discuss things like that academic journal article claiming there is white supremacy in Dr. Seuss's books. And they likely also discuss the works of that Kansas State professor saying the cat in the hat is black and is somehow akin to blackface. They took all of these things into consideration and concluded that sooner or later the cancel mob was going to come for them. So, they tried to figure out a way to appease these particular SJWs without affecting the bottom line of their business too much. Don't believe me? Let's go back to the New York Times' article. I'm going to be quoting from it at length this time. Quote, Classic children's books are perennial bestsellers and an important revenue stream for publishers. Last year, more than 338,000 copies of Green Eggs and Ham were sold across the United States, according to NPD BookScan, which tracks the sale of physical books at most retailers. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish sold more than 311,000 copies, and Oh, the Places You'll Go, always popular as a high school graduation gift, sold more than 513,000 copies. And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, one of the six books pulled by the estate, sold about 5,000 copies last year, according to BookScan. McGilligot's Pool and the Cat's Quizzer haven't sold in years through the retailer's BookScan tracks. Putting the merits of the books aside, removing green eggs and ham would be a completely different business proposition from doing away with new printings of McGilligot's Pool. End quote. So, the Dr. Seuss Foundation has decided to take six books that weren't performing very well in the marketplace anyway off of the shelves. They patted themselves on the back and made a big press release about it to draw the attention of academics and SJWs they wanted to appease. They wanted to get these folks off their backs, so they made sure to make a big deal about it so that they would notice. The foundation did this because they did not want to have to pull the best-selling books from their collection. For example, The Cat in the Hat, the one that Philip Nell has such a problem with, has sold more than 15.5 million copies worldwide, and that was back in 2015, according to foxbusiness.com. 
So, the Dr. Seuss Foundation held a meeting, figured out that there were many books that could be problematic in the age of the cancel culture, and they bravely decided to remove all the books that were controversial, but not the bestsellers. All of this is a gesture on the part of the Dr. Seuss Foundation to the woke mob in the hopes that it will keep the mob at bay. And for now, it is working, but I guarantee you, in the next few years, the mob will return. And they will want the cat in the hat to be gone for being a secret form of blackface, as the K-State professor Philip Nell proposes in his already published book. They'll want, oh, the places you'll go to be gone, because it only portrays white people going anywhere. And... They'll want how the Grinch stole Christmas off of the shelves because it portrays a strong and ostracized person of color stealing from rich capitalist white folks only to become an Uncle Tom and give all the stuff back in order to be accepted into the white culture. I wish I was making this stuff up, but some of this crap is already being said on Twitter. So don't be surprised in a few years when either the Foundation pulls more books to avoid getting cancelled as a whole, or the woke social media mob is going to come for them. If you need proof of the fact that this is not the endgame for our woke betters, here is the final paragraph of this New York Times article. Quote, It's one thing to take six books off the shelves, said Catherine Mercier, the Children's Literature Department Chair at Simmons University. It's something completely different to fundamentally change what's on the shelves. And that is where children's literature is right now. End quote. The conclusion of this article should terrify all of us, those who have kids and those who don't. This is only the beginning of the cancellations for Dr. Seuss and for children's literature in general. They start by canceling here and there, but then you'll see them everywhere. They will not stop by day or night, and they will not stop unless we fight. By going over this New York Times article, I hope I prove to you three things. One, the cancel culture is real. Two, Dr. Seuss's books were canceled. And three, the trivial has risen to the level of the criminal in our society. And I plan to expand on that topic in my next episode. If you would, please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for all the good and joyful things that you give us in this life. I want to thank you for the joyful times that I can remember having with my parents reading to me, reading to me from books that that made me laugh, made me smile, and made me have a sense of wonder about the world. All of this without ever having to leave my room. I thank you for getting to have those experiences with my parents and getting to know those books and the amazing imagination of Dr. Seuss. Lord, there are so many things that can take our wonder, our laughter, our smiles away from us in this world. 
Help us all to have the courage to stand up for the things that are good in this world. And give us the courage to not let them be taken away from us and from the generations to come. I pray all of these things in your name. Amen. All musical contributions to the Joyful Stoic Podcast have been provided by Winston the Tech Guy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast. If you are listening through Apple Podcasts, please consider giving me a five-star review. It really helps. Also, if you believe any of these episodes would be helpful, please share them with a friend. Thank you so much. And God bless.